It's episode 39 of the Purely Pigskin Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Noyd, and with me for this very special NFL preview episode is my good friend Alex McLeod from the That Sports Podcast. Alex, what's going on, man? Not much, Pete. Um, good to be here. Good to talk football. I think you are probably more prepared for this season than I, but I'll give it my best shot. And uh, we were just talking. I'm uh, I'm a little under the weather, so sorry for uh, my my vocals on that. But I've got a Sam Adams here to uh, to help with the throat, and uh, I'm ready for Patriots football. Let's go. Let's go. All right. You know, man, it's been. It's always great to have you on, by the way, and I, I anticipate we're going to have some good dialogue here today, but uh, how's your summer been? You know, we're getting long in the summer now, you know, we're starting to think about football, obviously, but how's your summer been? Yeah, um, it's been really nice, thank you. I went east, uh, when did I go east? Beginning of August for about a week, so I saw a lot of the a lot of the family and good relaxing time. It was kind of a whirlwind. We went like three, no, four different places to see different family members uh, in about a week. So jam-packed, but lots of fun. And my kids have been in a lot of camps and daycare over the summer. Um, yeah, I, I just was away for a couple days on like a solo retreat, which I haven't done. I don't know if I've ever done this. And it was really nice on a lake with a canoe and got to read a lot. So yeah, I'm well rested and, and feeling feeling good, feeling ready to go for work again and and fantasy football and football season in general. So feeling good. How, how's your summer been? Good stuff. Yeah, no, it's been pretty relaxing. I love this weather. You know, everyone talks about, oh, it's too hot in the summer. It's too cold in the winter. I don't know. I it, it used to get to me, but this type of weather, we've had a lot of 30 plus days or at least with the humidity 30 plus days and I'm all for it this summer. I have to say it has not not bothered me at all. And I'm a summer guy anyway, so I don't like to complain when the weather's hot, but I have to say that even as hot as it's been this summer, I've just been like soaking it, literally soaking the rays say, give me more, give me more. I'm loving it. Nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I am actually off on vacation this week and uh, we took the family to the zoo as well, which was a lot of fun. We love the zoo. The zoo's good. You know that Rafi song? Going to the zoo or something? Mama's taking us to the zoo tomorrow. Anyway, okay. Rafi, I'm not familiar. Small you can invite, okay. Why don't you just give us Canadian a Canadian musician. No, no. It's a, I, I got a cold. I can't. Oh, just, oh, okay, okay. If you've got a cold, I won't uh, <laughs> I won't besmirch you to uh, yeah. do a solo here. Well, what, what do you like at the zoo? What do you like to go to see when you go to the zoo? Oh, I don't want to get too serious too quickly. I'm, I'm sort of conflicted morally. I, yes. I like, I like zoos that... The, it's actually helping the animals. I don't like the captivity just for the fun of it or whatever. But yeah. uh, when I do go, if I do go to a place where I, it's actually benefiting the animal and mm-hmm. all of that, uh, I like to see. I mean, I'm a sucker for the for the big guys for the for the tigers. I've always mm-hmm. been a big cat guy. So yeah, same. I, and tigers, I guess, are the ones that really I could just watch them do whatever they're doing just walking around or laying down i guess that that would be the big one just like see the tigers also polar bears underrated yeah. to see at the zoo pretty fun 100% so, cuz the, the polar bears numbers. are always front and center they'll just yeah. like they're there you can look at them they're like hey you can watch me all you want they get right up against the Enjoy glass the show. just lounging they're just yeah. you know lazy day by the pool they're yeah they're cool what about you what do you like well, yeah, I like polar bears, and I like the the cheetahs. It's my favorite animal altogether, so I love cheetahs. And, wow, uh, this is just, this is poetic that Tyreek Hill is a <laughs> that, dolphin. That's right, yeah. Cheetahs are your, that's your jam. Yeah, Pretty I'm good. also a big fan of Ben Johnson. Did ever tell you Ben Johnson used to work out at the gym? I used to work out, out at in, uh, in Scarborough. Get and out of he, here. Well, he used to like train, I think, high school track athletes. Yeah. But he used to come into this gym. It's called Venice in Scarborough with this sort of entourage of maybe it wasn't this many, but in my mind, it was like eight or 10 people. Wow. And they'd sort of like take over a section of the gym. And 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, I never actually talked to him, but I saw him at the gym. But yeah, he's got I always those, yeah, uh, just memorable yeah. sports moments ever. In the oh, for sure, it's definitely Canada. But yeah, to be honest, I always thought everyone was too hard on him. You know, eighty-eight mm-hmm. Olympics. I was uh, going to age myself here, but I was nine years old, and uh, you know, the fallout from that. I guess I would have been ten as everything kind of leaked over and and stuff like that. I just thought, man. Even if he did it on purpose, he, he made a mistake. Why can't you guys forgive him? And, and <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody not to mention, in that sport does yeah. that. It's just yeah. who's I, which I didn't know head. at the time, right? Now I know like everybody was juicing back then too, which he yeah. was the fall guy. It makes it even worse for my view. I, but I, I loved know. Ben Johnson. Yeah. Canadian hero until he wasn't. But And I also gotta throw some love to the zebras. Love the zebras. Oh yes. Is that how you pronounce them? Is that the British pronunciation? It is, yeah. But I got to say, if I don't care where it's from. If it makes sense, I'm going with it. Zebras make sense. So I'm going with it. Just the way it's written, it looks more like zebra than zebra? Yeah. 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 Like if I wasn't conditioned as a child to say zebra. Yeah. I I would say zebra, I think. All right. I like that. Yeah. That's a good take. (laughs) It's a judgment call. But Let's you know. read stuff how we would read it if you weren't told how to read it and pronounce it. Yeah. I got to think of more examples. Okay. There's uh, there's plenty, but we don't have time to get into all the examples of the English language. I know that you are a... Uh, uh, what I know I that you're an authority. You're an authority on the English language. But <laughs> yes. we've got to move yeah. on to football. Yes. All right. Well, I think... Hey, newsflash, you're a big Patriots fan. I'm a big Dolphins fan. We're here on this podcast together. We better talk about the AFC East. And in this neck of the woods, you like the Patriots, I like the Dolphins. A lot of people up here don't like either of those teams, but they love the Bills because we're so close in proximity up here in Toronto to Buffalo. I don't know any Jets fans, but there's enough uh, There's enough fans. <laughs> Otherwise, I think a lot of people will find this interesting. And I think the AFC East is fascinating this year. It's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out. I'm really excited. Let's look at all these teams in the AFC East. And I know okay. we'll give, we'll do our best to give our impartial opinions with regards to these teams, even the teams we love and hate. But one reason for optimism for each team and one reason for pessimism. And why don't mm-hmm. we start with Buffalo? Since there are so many Bills fans, uh, let's let's throw it out to Buffalo first. What are what are your what's one reason for optimism about the Bills this year? Do you think they have in in the division and maybe in the conference they have the best roster, the mm. best roster. Um, that's that, I'd be pretty optimistic if that was the case for my team. I mean, to be honest, that has been the case for my team quite often, but not anymore. Um, Josh Allen. He's, in terms of quarterbacks, he's right up there with, he's 1-1 or 1.2, I guess, 1A, 1B with Patrick Mahomes, I guess, I would say, in terms of the two best quarterbacks in the league right now. At least from a fantasy perspective, he is the first quarterback you would take in fantasy. Um, So, yeah, there's just best roster in general. They added Vaughn Miller, who has won a Super Bowl with the Rams, had a great career in Denver. He's on the defense. So they've improved their defense. They've got good wide receivers for Josh Allen to throw to, and Sean McDermott is a good coach. So for all of those reasons, that's a, that they should be optimistic in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar vein here with regards to Buffalo. I think they're an established contender. You know, they're a, they're a stabilized team uh, in the AFC. What I mean by that is we're not going into the season with a whole bunch of if this, then that when it comes to Buffalo. We know. We know that they have a great roster. We know that they can win in the playoffs. Uh, and who knows? They could have gone all the way. I think they had potential to go all the way last year. Didn't quite work out for them, of course. seconds away. Yeah, 13 seconds away, right? Like they, they're close. They're knocking at the door. Uh, they're built to win right now. And like you said, they have a very strong roster. I would say no real weak spots uh, in terms of that roster. They've got playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. 
maybe a little bit of question mark in the running game, but I, I think they'll do okay there, especially when you consider that Josh Allen himself contributes to that and he's so good at it. Yeah, Buffalo's got a great team. I think that's one big reason for optimism. If I was trying to poke holes in the Bills and uh, come up with one reason perhaps why uh, they might not be so good or, or might not get to the promised land, as we say, I would look at the defense, I have to say, you know, and even though there's no weak spots per se, uh, I do think they're lacking in playmakers. And you mentioned Von Miller just a minute ago, uh, but he is 33 years old. Yes, he's I'm not in terms yeah, of that position. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how much more he's going to be able to give uh, if you can look to him to be the guy, you know, to get that sack uh, when you really need it, especially over the course of a long season now, a season that, that's added an extra game. So, you know, and of course that's, that's nitpicking. That's, that's poking holes where it's, it's kind of difficult to do that. But I look across their defense, whether it's the front seven or the secondary, I don't really see that big playmaker that stands out and gets you the interception or the sack or the fumble at a time when you really need it. They're a solid unit. Like I said, no weaknesses, but you need those playmakers too in the critical moments. I'm not sure they've got that on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. I'll give you a reason to be pessimistic. They're the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) Next team. Next. <laughs> it's self-explanatory, isn't it? And they were so close four consecutive years. That That is, in all of sports, that is one of the most heart-wrenching, as a fan, like stats I've ever heard. I know that was, I was alive for that in the 90s, but I can't remember. I was too young. But to go to four consecutive Super Bowls and not win a single one, and because of your kicker. I mean, and that was the first, that's the thing too. That that was was the the first first one against the giants. And it wasn't, it was, I mean, back then you would say it was a could get it, could miss it, but still like to think that your kicker could make it. I think it was like a 40, it was 40 some odd yards. Yeah. Uh, I forget how many, but Norwood was a good kicker and it's certainly a makeable. Yeah. Certainly a makeable field goal and wide, right. You heard it. It's an infamous call. Now, the Giants won, and then they lost to Washington, and then they just got trounced twice by the Cowboys in their dynasty. I mean, wow. And then, of course, you look at the hockey, too. You know, they, they were very close to winning the Stanley Cup there, and Brett Hall Brett scores Hall's that goal great. with his foot yeah. in the creeks. There you go. Another – they're Buffalo. It's Buffalo. They're Buffalo. That's so the explanation. That's reason to be pessimistic. All right. Well, let's go to the Jets. What do you – Build me a case for the Jets here. Just even one good reason why you could be optimistic, why a Jets fan might be optimistic about this season. Um, what's his name? Brees Hall? Is that the running back? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yep. Robert Sala seems to be an intense coach. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but he seems to... He looks like he could still play. He's one of those guys that intimidates me just looking at him speaking to other people so a good coach maybe zach wilson is gonna turn into something maybe maybe i I, what's that speedy receiver that sort of plays the welker edelman role for them well yeah they've got a couple of guys there i think and uh this this is this would be my reason for optimism if i'm looking at the jets is that they have a very solid young core of players, you know, Zach Wilson, unfortunately for them, he's injured right now. Uh, I don't know that he's going to miss a lot of time, but it's probably going to hurt them a bit early on in the season. But, you know, even though the jury's still out, there's a lot of excitement around him and what he's capable of. They have Brees Hall, as you mentioned, uh, to go along with Michael Carter, who was really underrated as a running back coming out of the draft. And now they've got two young, good running backs. They've got Elijah Moore at wide receiver to go along with Garrett Wilson, who they just drafted. So, again, two young, good receivers on the offensive side there. And then on the defensive side, they did really well in the draft as well. They got uh, Sauce Gardner, yeah, the corner, and he looks – he's going to be great. Gotcha. I mean, he's going to be awesome. So I really like their young core. That would be my biggest reason for optimism if I'm looking at the Jets. Uh, at the same time, i got to say that – it's a to take a line from ACDC. 
<laughs> it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And that goes for this division because you've got contenders in this division in uh, Buffalo, Miami, and New England, I think, and in the AFC in general, which is just so loaded. It's really hard for me to see a young team get over the hump this early when there's so many other good teams in the AFC and in the AFC East specifically. So I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to get over that hump because there's just so many other good teams out there. The guy I was thinking of, Braxton Berrios, is he even with them anymore? He is. He is. Okay. So they have oh, a nice okay. little – okay. and Corey so Davis. So, I mean, their wide receiver yeah. core is actually pretty good. Is this to, like, win the division? Is that what we're sort of – Well, that's a good question, too. I mean, yeah. what what would, what would uh, signify a successful season for the Jets? Is it making the playoffs – Maybe not a winning record division, maybe third in the division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but I, I even then, you know, who are they actually even competing with not to finish last in this division? Um, the Patriots. Maybe. The Dolphins. I know. But that's not yeah. a, that's, it's, it's, it's not it's a good. No, isn't it? This yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see about the Jets. I wouldn't have, I don't, I mean, I don't think they're going to do much this year personally, but you know, we want, we want to give some hope out there for the Jets fans that are existing yes. someplace other than where we are in this neck of the woods. such a terrible franchise of late. I mean, they do have one, one just rocket of a anthem. What do you call it with the oh, fireman Ed and the J E T S chant? I mean, it's pretty good. You hate it. You're shaking your head. Pete hates well, it. Everybody. I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan. Come no, on. but I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you want to like get out there and do it. I'm just saying, objectively, as impartially, impartially as I can, it's uh, it's all right. It's pretty good. Jets pretty fans good. are loyal. You know, you got to give it to them for sticking it out year after year. You can't even give them a good uh, a good chant. You can't even give them a good. Uh, okay, no, that's what I mean. That's part of it, right? Is that they can go to the stadium. They can do that chant. They can try to rile up the team and put pressure on the opposing team. You know, that's to their credit, absolutely. Do you know who's backing up? Uh, what's his name? Wilson, if he if he isn't playing. Do you know who the backup is? Yes, uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. yeah. There's a reason for pessimism, folks. <laughs> Joe, Flacco. Joe Flacco. I mean, because he beat my Pats a couple times as, as a Raven. This and might come back. One. I don't want you to perjure yourself here. He might come back <laughs> later had, in the show. He had a huge contract, right? And he yeah. went to the. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. It's yeah, just mind blowing now. Like, yeah, he wasn't that good, Pete. He just no. they were a good team, and he had some games where he was accurate, and they didn't ask him to throw that much. They relied on their defense. I. It's just crazy to me he's not the first ravens quarterback to do that either back when their defense was one of the best that had ever played historically yes <laughs> historically amazing defense of the uh uh late 90s early well actually i would even say post-millennium is when they really came together i think but that they had a stretch there for 10 years where they were just unbelievable but there we go that's enough on the jets let's let's move forward to your patriots what give us some reason for optimism with regard to your Patriots. So you've been sounding down a little bit on them, but let's well, bring it up I'm, a little. I'm only down because I've been listening to the pundits and they are low on the Pats. I, I will be optimistic. They have Bill Belichick. No one else has the greatest coach of all time. Can't disagree with you there. Yeah. So, I mean, he does have, he does have some Achilles heels. He doesn't draft well, especially at the wide receiver position. That has been evident. Um, it it's a bit murky this year to be to be mild. Uh, the The whole situation it's this murky mess of uh, Josh McDaniels goes to Las Vegas as the head coach, so now there's not a offensive coordinator per se. So there was this like weird. Uh, internal competition between Matt Patricia, who I trust 0%, and uh, Joe Judge, who failed miserably with the Giants. Patricia failed miserably with the uh, head coach of the Lions and Judge, head coach of the Giants. They're back with the Pats, and they're competing as 
for the OC role. Patricia seems to have won it, um, which concerns me because Patricia was successful as a defensive coordinator with the Patriots, not an offensive coordinator. So to have him in that role, I'm, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, and Bill Belichick is overseeing all of this, but it's not, it's this weird. Bill doesn't give titles. He, I don't know what's going on. Who, who knows who anybody is, but he's the head coach and he's going to make the final call. But I'm a little bit nervous about all of this. Um, Mac Jones. Okay. So they, I started sort of pessimistically. That's my <laughs> optimistically. Yeah. Mac Jones is skinny now. He's in shape. He yeah. must have done the Brady, whatever that's called. The, the TB12 Brady method. Yeah, the TB12. <laughs> he must have done something because he's chiseled. He's got, you know, solid looking cheekbones and he's not. Oh, the, dear. Yeah, so he's not the guy that was chubby and was in Alabama and that famous picture or infamous picture. He looks, he looks good now. So I'm optimistic that he's going to be better in his second year. Take that sophomore leap. Hopefully they have good wide receivers, but no one's great and no one's terrible. They're just sort of in that meaty part of the curve. They're, they're okay. Devonte Parker uh, did well with your dolphins, but gives me pause that I've also read that, he gets like very little separation on routes. So he's really good at like jump ball, like go up and get it. But he's not a receiver that gets a lot of separation. And Mac sort of needs these guys who will get open. And uh, I don't think he's that. So Kendrick Bourne has um, been in Belichick's doghouse a bit for attitude problems or something. So he's like one of our better weapons. So hopefully that works out. I don't know. It's just this sort of weird mess and i don't know what to make of it going into uh the season so yeah. we'll see i'll be cheering for them go well Pats. yeah and you know i gotta say you started out saying this but they have bill belichick in bill we still trust right i mean i do think i would agree with you i think he's the greatest coach in the history of the nfl uh i think he's gonna have that team playing and you know, he's not only the best, I think, but he's also the most secretive without question, never gives anything away. So even some of these, I do have some concerns around the offense. Don't get me wrong. I'll get to that in just a minute. But just as a matter of course, Belichick is the kind of guy that will say pitch left, pitch right, halfback dive up the middle in the preseason, because we are literally not going to show any of our playbook to the rest of the league before the season starts, you know? Yeah, he, I'm sure he's making his evaluations in training camp and he's not showing, I mean, no team shows their real hand until the season starts, but I just think Belichick will take that to the nth degree yeah. where he literally is not going to show you anything and he doesn't care how bad everything looks to the outside world while we're all disbelieving that they're going to do anything. I still think Belichick will have him play, and I think that defense especially is one of the top defenses still in the NFL. Belichick has shown that players come, players go, but he will get the best of the best out of those guys that are there, and they do have some playmakers, unlike uh, the Bills on the defensive side. Uh, Matt Judon's been playing really well, especially, so I I trust Belichick still. I think the defense is going to keep them in a lot of games, even if the offense struggles. If I'm pessimistic, uh, I would say they do lack playmakers on the offensive side. I think you touched on that. I like Devontae Parker. I still think he's going to have a decent season, but are they, are they, they don't really have that guy. I mean, and, and people, people forget game breaker. Yeah. The game breaker. Yeah. You know, when Wes Welker started having success in new England, People didn't really realize that he was a playmaker, but he really was. Same with Julian Edelman. You know, people didn't look at him as a playmaker, but that's exactly what he was. He was a playmaker. Right now, you really got to look. <laughs> I'm not sure they I mean, really the have that guy. Playmaker, they might have had Tyquan Thornton broke his uh, collarbone because he's 102 pounds and yeah. a bunch of guys fell on him. So yeah. he's hurt for eight or nine weeks. So that that sucks. But um. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, so what I'm hearing, Pete, is it's all a ruse. Even even the reporters who see who get to watch practice at camp 
Belichick is just, he's not showing them anything. So this is good. You're making me more optimistic <laughs> because it, it's all a ruse and all this crappy looking offense and everything. It, it's going to turn around once we actually hit game one of the season. So thank you for that. Well, hey, let me tell you, the Patriots do not get blown out. They just don't. They're they're always in the game. And when you're always in the game, you always have a chance to win the game. So uh, I'm not writing off the Patriots. I'm not writing off Belichick. I know there's been a lot said and written about that since Brady left, but I, I'm not buying it. Anyway. They need faster linebackers. That's the one thing on the defense. They need linebackers who can actually cover some guys, which they haven't had the last couple of years. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, this is the part I've been waiting for. Hit me up with some optimism for my Miami Dolphins. Why Why should I be optimistic as a Dolphins fan this year? Because if Tua's ever going to do it, he's going to do it this year. Yeah. He better do it this year or else move on. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. This is he's got all the he's got the toys, he's got the fast cars, he's got everything in front of him. Yeah. All right, Tua. This is your chance. You got to do it now. So that's that's what I'd say. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. You got Tyreek. You've got other good playmakers. You do have good playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So yeah. it's two a time. It's it's got to be two a time, right? And uh, I will say, in terms of reasons for optimism, I'm looking at this roster top to bottom, and this is the most talented Dolphins roster that I have ever seen since I became a fan. And I've been a fan since the early 90s. So that's a long time. I've never seen a roster this good. You know, when, when Marino broke in, he had a couple of great wide receivers, the Marks brothers, Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. That offense was rolling, but we didn't really have a defense. The defense kind of ebbed and flowed. We never had a run game. Uh, then towards the end of Marino's career, when his skill set is declining, then our defense all of a sudden got really good. We got Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas. We had Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, all these guys. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic defense that was overshadowed by that Ravens defense, oddly enough, but was dominant in its own right. Uh, but unfortunately, at that point, we had no quarterback. We had no running game. We had no offense. Now, you know, we've got a great defense. We've got an offense that has a lot of weapons, as you mentioned, and we've got a head coach with a system, a system that works in today's modern NFL. And I think that really is the biggest reason for optimism is it's make or break for Tua. But as you said, he's got all the weapons. He's got all the toys. He's got a head coach that knows how to put guys in position to succeed on the football field, especially offensively. And the outgoing coach, Brian Flores, who was a defensive guy, really sunk his teeth there, really invested in that defense. And it, too, is not only a really great defense, but a very young defense with a lot of upside. Javon Holland, the league don't know about this guy, let me tell you, but he is one of the top safeties in the league already. That's my reason for optimism for the Dolphins. My reason for pessimism is if Tua does not make the step <laughs> this year, because that really is the key. The quarterback position is so important in today's NFL. If he does not take the step, it could really bring the house down. And and I think you're right. If he if he doesn't take that step forward this year, I think the Dolphins the Dolphins are all of a sudden in win now mode. We in acquiring Tyreek Hill, getting this new young head coach. We brought in like four running backs for crying out loud. We've got a young, good defense. Like, the Dolphins now see an opportunity. They want to go for it. They want to win. If Tua doesn't do it this year, not only is the season going to be a write-off, but his career is going to be in jeopardy as a starter, I think. And all you'll think about is Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. and Because they were all in that same draft, right? They were. And we tried to trade up to get Burrow. Bengals said no. I don't really fault the team for that. They tried. But, yeah, they took Tua over Herbert. And I like Tua. I think he can do really well. I do think he's a very accurate quarterback. Um, the jury is still out, in my opinion. A lot of people like to more, judge. He's got one more year to show you, or else that's it, Pete. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And the rookie head coach doesn't concern you, Mike McDaniel? You know, Would you rather have, a, have him than Flores? It sounds like you would. In terms that's of, a really tough one. That's a tough yeah. one because Flores did a great job, I think, with the defense. I like Flores. I wish he was back with the Pats. He was great. As a yeah. defensive coordinator, yeah. Yeah, he should. He definitely should have a big role in the NFL. 
Uh, I'm thankful to the Steelers. He got, for... he got he got a raw deal for sure. Flores should. I mean, and and the whole hiring with the Giants and that whole mess. I mean, he 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 deserves better. Yeah, but I will say Mike McDaniel is definitely much more of a player's coach. Flores is a little old school, which I love, but the modern day player doesn't love so much. And so I know Flores rubbed a few players the wrong way. Conversely, all the players are talking about how cool Mike McDaniel is. If that's he, what he gets them like playing. He looks like he's 14 out at recess on the playground. But <laughs> if he can call good plays, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. He he doesn't, to me, and it's not all about looks. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's he it. doesn't look like a head coach of an NFL football team. So He definitely does not fit the profile. But we'll you know what? Though. If he wins football games, nobody's yeah, going to care. that's what counts. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 get to some fun stuff here uh, that you and I talked about. Actually, last year, we teased this a little bit. But a, a little goat debate on quarterbacks in the NFL. Who is the greatest quarterback in the NFL? And let's let's not get it twisted. Let's not mislead anyone. You love the Patriots, you love Tom Brady. I love the Dolphins. I love Dan Marino. These are the these are two of the main contenders I would say when you're talking about the greatest of all time. There's a couple other guys I'd throw in there, but let's do this. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. I'm and ready. I I suppose our conversation started off camera when I suggested yes. that I did not think Tom Brady was the greatest of all time at the quarterback position. And you likewise thought it was ridiculous for me to have this opinion. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have to begin here with how I think this is just a grievous injustice that we even have to have this debate. I think it is obvious who the greatest of all time at the quarterback position is, and he's still going. I think it's so preposterous that we even are here in this courtroom tonight. Um, he has had, uh, listen, I'll, I'll start my defense of, I don't he doesn't even need a defense, but I'll start my defense of Thomas Edward Patrick Brady with, this he has had three hall of fame careers and he's still three. going so maybe he'll have four he's had three three wow and, okay yeah. uh this is a uh i found this graphic so i i, I came with some ammunition here tonight all right uh, that's me, good i love that i love that i got this from statspros.com this is dan marino stats head to head with tom brady's stats and all right this is um this, okay, no, sorry, I found it there. I filled a little bit. We'll start with the three Hall of Fame careers, and then we'll go to the stat, stats muse head-to-head. Uh, -head. So here we go. I, I don't know what you'll have to say after this, but have at it. So this is from a couple years ago, so even before he won with the Bucks. But these are the three Hall of Fame careers, 2001 to 2007. Brady had 86 wins more than Roger Staubach, 197 touchdowns more than Namath. He had more yards thrown than Bob Greasy. He had three titles more than John Elway. That was just in the first uh, six years. Can you years. have a Hall of Fame career in six years? Well, he did. He did. I don't know. Uh, and then the next, Any player, and then the next, if he played only six years, would you would you qualify him for the, the Hall of stats, Fame? In terms of the stats, I mean, in terms of the stats, he did. I don't know. More passing yards than Bob Greasy is not a huge deal. Okay, anyway, okay. But continue. Okay, just, continue. Just pinpointing on one. Okay, let's let's listen to it as a whole. 2008 to th 2014, he had more wins than Kurt Warner, 73 wins. 195 touchdowns more than Stabler. He had more passing yards than Bart Starr, and he had a one more uh, he had one title, so that put him up to four, but in those 6 years, 2008 2014, one title. Uh, and then 2015 to 2020, he had uh, so here we go, 70 wins, 189 TDs, more than Aikman, more passing yards than Sammy Bow. Is that how you say it? That oh, shows my ignorance. Bah, bah. And then two titles in that span. But then he also won another title the next year, 2021. So this isn't up to date. So he's actually up to seven titles if anyone's counting. So yeah, three Hall of Fame careers, just phenomenal. He's still going. We'll see what he does this year. And then, I'm sorry, I'm a bit long-winded here. I'm almost done my hey, give uh, it to me. My defense. But here's Dan Marino versus Tom Brady stats 
provided by statspros.com. So there's about uh, 20 categories or so. I'll just go real quick here. Uh, Games played, Brady's played a lot more than Marino, 318 to Marino's 242. But completions, Brady has the edge. So this is skewed because he's played more games. I understand that. But he's got Marino in completions, pass attempts, completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdowns, touchdown percentage, interceptions, which he's got fewer interceptions than Marino with, and Brady's played fewer games. Um, interception percentage less than Marino's. Longest pass, weird stat. I don't really care, but Brady has a longer pass. Yards per pass attempt, Brady has Marino. Adjusted yards per pass attempt also has him. Marino has him in yards per completion. So there you go. He's got him 12.4 to 11.6. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Passing yards per game back to Brady. Quarterback rating, Brady's got Marino. Time sacked. I mean, that's more to do with your offensive line. But uh, Marino's well, got you've him listed a whole bunch of team stats, so why stop now? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we go to an adjusted. Yeah, we won't even look at that. And then there's one more. Well, there's one more stat here at the bottom. Super Bowl titles. Uh, Dan yeah. Marino Speaking has of team stats zero, and yeah. Tom Brady has seven. It is a team stat, but it's funny how I mean it's just so lopsided, seven to zero. It and definitely is. Um, yeah. So, and, and finally, and finally, sorry for my long winded defense here in Marino's final year playing. Okay. Versus Brady's last year, which he's not even in his final year yet. Brady also mops the floor with him in that. So you're looking like near the end, Brady has like in all those categories, Brady is like well over 80, 85%, um, winning that matchup against Dan the man so I, I guess that's all I'll really say it's it's not even close and I'm sorry that we're even wasting people's time <laughs> well let me let me uh remark you've said obviously a lot of things there in the interest of time I will not respond to every single thing or else we'll be here for a very long time uh, I'll begin with some opening remarks and then my own defense if you will for Marino and actually I'm going to put Peyton Manning in there as well now, I'll start. This is going to sound like a cop-out, but I promise I'm going to dive right in and tell you why exactly I would take, if I was starting a franchise, I would take both Marino and Peyton Manning over Tom Brady if I had to make the decision today. Uh, that's what I would do. I do think, as fun as these conversations and these debates are, and, uh, and this is great, I don't think you can actually say with certainty who is the GOAT in any one sport, in any one position in one sport, just because it is so difficult to, uh, com- it's difficult enough to compare contemporaries. Uh, when you cross, you mentioned Sammy Baugh, Otto Graham, some of these guys that played a long, Fran Tarkenton. I mean, there's a lot of guys that it would be almost impossible to compare just because the game was so different. The eras were so different. It's really difficult. So I don't think that you there is a definitive GOAT, period, in that regard. However, as I said, I would take Marino or Peyton Manning if I was the general manager of a football team. I had the number one pick, and all three guys were coming out in that draft. I would take Marino and Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. Now, here's the other thing. I don't want to poke too many holes in Brady because the fact of the matter is he has had a tremendous career, a career that has spent a very long time. He's played at a high-level uh, almost his entire career. And so there is nothing you can really say to that. There's nothing you can say to the championships he's won. I'm not here to argue that Tom Brady is not a great quarterback. That is not my argument at all. He is a great quarterback. And in fact, if I was going to rank him, he would be third behind Marino and Manning. But in terms of talent and ability, and this is where the team game comes in. As we talked about Bill Belichick earlier. He has benefited from having the greatest head coach of all time. He's benefited from having good genes. He's benefited from having a career that, uh, with the exception of one year when he was out for the year, he's played completely healthy his entire career, something which Marino and Manning, neither of which of those guys enjoyed. Marino had chronic issues with his legs and his Achilles in particular. Uh, he was out of one full season but never really recovered. He couldn't throw off his, off his uh, back foot 
And all he had out of a spring loaded into one of his shoes just to get a little bit of bounce so that he could get the ball out. And that was for like the last... A lot of excuses. (laughs) This is for the last seven or so years of his career. Not Tom's fault. No, not Not Tom's Tom's fault. fault. They had all these injuries. It's definitely not... Manning, of course, had the terrible neck injury that ultimately ended his career earlier than it should have ended. The point now... Tom, it's not his fault. At the same time, Tom doesn't get credit for having good genes and never having been hit in his life. As a matter of fact, not only did Tom Brady have the best head coach in the history of the league, what many people don't realize is that he has also had the best offensive line possible for almost his entire career. And that, again, is a team thing, and it's a Bill Belichick thing. I've probably watched just as much, if not more, uh, New England Patriots games than just about anyone. Uh, other than the guy who's been watching them since before me, who's watched them every Sunday, I have watched a lot of Patriots games. And I cannot tell you how insanely frustrating it's been as a Dolphins fan to see Tom Brady back in the pocket, having a cup of tea, waiting all day to see someone get open to pass the ball to. Marino never had that. In fact, he had to rely on his talent to overcome these obstacles that Brady never had to overcome in his life. Uh, Bill Belichick mentioned this in the top 100 career, top 100 players of all time. When he was talking about Marino, he said that Marino had such a short, compact throw radius that he never moved off his spot. And he had commonly accepted that Marino had the quickest release in NFL history. He said, you never even had to really block for him. Brady, on the other hand, not as good in his arm talent, not as good in his throw. And I would, well, I will, I'll shot. His throw's getting better. His throw is as good now as it's probably ever been. I don't know about that. I don't know. I'll say for this for Brady. He is insanely smart. In his day, he had a he had a great deep ball. He still has a really good deep ball. Don't get me wrong. He had a great deep ball. I, there's there's not much hole picking in Brady, but in terms of straight up talent, I don't think he was as good as Marino or Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning literally changed the game. And when he broke into the league, he was a starter from day one, unlike Tom Brady. He took the team on his back and carried them to a Super Bowl. Now, their defense was a bit of ebb and flow, too, but he didn't have the team uh, that Brady had. And you saw it as well. When Manning went out for the year, the Colts went 3-13, and and they were one of the worst teams in the league. When Brady was lost for the season, the Patriots only missed out on the playoffs on a tiebreaker. That's how good the Belichick in that system was that they could overcome Brady getting injured. The Colts could not overcome. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs that year, though. They didn't, but as I said, it was only on a tiebreaker. They had a good season. They were 10-6, and six, maybe even 11-5, and five, actually, and still yeah. missed the playoffs right. only because of that tiebreaker. So they had a good season, but the Colts lose Peyton Manning, and they're absolutely terrible. Why? Because – Peyton Manning made the difference. He did everything. They say it. He was like a coach on the field. He knew everything that the defense and the defensive coordinator even was going to do even before they knew what they were going to do. Now, Brady, this is something that I think he really developed. He really got good at this. He worked very hard at his craft, but it came much more naturally to Peyton Manning. And he, he, like Marino, were much more finished products coming out of college, whereas Brady I think was not so much a finished product. He needed to learn and grow, and he had the benefit of a head coach, the best head coach, I think, in the history of the game in order to do that. So as great as I think Brady is, I do not put him on the level of a Marino or a Peyton Manning personally. Your Honor and and gentlemen and ladies of the jury, I didn't know that there was a third party jumping into this Peyton Manning, so (laughs) I will submit to the record uh, Exhibit C, Tom Brady's record against Peyton Manning all time. Tom Brady, 10 wins. Peyton Manning, 4 wins. I'll also just quickly say Manning did win that Super Bowl against the Bears as the Colts QB. And then he did win a Super Bowl as a member of the Denver Broncos. But it was the Denver Broncos defense that actually won the Super Bowl. So he's kind of got like one and a half to Brady's seven. So Well, if you want to, that's a dangerous game to play, my friend. Because the year before that, they probably should have won the Super Bowl. And that was the year uh, Manning broke all the records. At that age, to break all those single season records, both yards passed 
and touchdowns was. You absolutely want to go down incredible. that road? We'll go 2007 with just, records <laughs> and 18 right. wins in a row. 18 and, and one. They, the they didn't win the Super Bowl because yeah, they didn't but, deserve but to win all the these Super records. Bowl. 50 touchdowns. I mean, we can play that game where and they didn't win. Of course, so and it, before that, Marino shattered every record there was in the book. So know, they've all I got a share of the records. We're we're not going to win a debate there on records because they've all got a share of those records. And in fact, I'll. Although you could say that Manning and Brady were trading them back and forth and that they were both so good. No, not trading. Tom was winning most. Oh, I don't know about that. I think Ten I think Manning had more. What's that? Oh, in records? Oh, like in, in passing passing record, yards and okay, touchdowns. But I, okay, but Brady has eclipsed them now, I guess, with his long, longevity. Yeah. Um but like I guess it depends on what you value, like what stats you really value. And I value, and this is sort of this is tough to quantify. Um, I feel like I want Tom Brady to have the ball. Of course, I'm going to say this. Of course, you'll say I'm biased. Of course, you'll say I'm being too partial to my guy. But I want the ball in Brady's hand in in Brady's hands in the fourth quarter more than Manning. So you should know I, if you cite Brady's to, record. Okay. Yeah. If you cite Brady's record over Manning on a individual basis. Manning was actually three and two over Brady in the playoffs. How many Super Bowls, Pete? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. You, you, you know, you say it. And, and don't the playoffs matter? I'm just saying. Head to head. Super Bowls Manning matter. Manning's ahead of them. Saying. They Super do. They do. But I'm not so individualistic in my approach either. So I think I, I would put Manning ahead of uh, wow, This of is just I, – I can't – I mean – yeah, good for you for having a take. And I just no, and man. hey, if you want to split hairs, and that's what we do in these debates, right? We split hairs. You look at early on in Brady's career. Brady was, in terms of his individual contribution to those early Super Bowls, the Patriots won. It wasn't much. It really wasn't. He didn't do I mean, much of anything against like, the Rams. For well, but he but yet he did lead that game winning drive. That's what I'm talking Even about. Even still, this though, he watch. didn't have to really do much, just get he, him into field goal range for Adam Vinatieri against the Panthers. So he shouldn't I mean, even he have been in that Super Bowl because of the tuck rule against the Raiders. <laughs> and then the Raiders should have won that game. 10 year hiatus, and then the <laughs> great 10 point comeback against the Seahawks and of course Malcolm Butler comes up with the clutch play but then there's another that, one that should have been that should have been the Seahawks win against the Falcons down 28 to 3 no one's ever done anything close to what Brady did that night and no then, one's uh, done anything ever close to what the Falcons did that night is what I would say to that I've never seen a collapse so terrible in my life as that and if the Seahawks understood just to run the ball with Marshawn Lynch, they would have won that Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Even you have to admit, as great a number as seven is, you got to have some luck to get to seven. Come on. Well, I, but I'd even say, I mean, there were a couple that got away. I They sure. should have won, but they didn't. So, again, like should have, if, like that whole game. They easily, how do I say this? They had a very good chance to win both Super Bowls against the Giants and they lost and Brady had a Hail Mary to beat the Eagles and it wasn't caught and Brady threw over 500 yards in that Super Bowl against the Eagles so I mean realistically yes like that there were I mean yes the Seattle one that was a bad coaching decision and a great play by Malcolm Butler but you could also make the argument that the three that got away he uh, had a real good chance to win all three of those. So, yeah, it's a tough game. And the one with when he was with the Bucks and they just smashed the Chiefs, that one wasn't even close. That was the one that was not close in all of Brady's Super Bowls. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a funny game to play going back and forth. It sure is. Yeah. So you're going to join my side now on this issue. So right? what's the ruling? Yeah, I guess this is your <laughs> well, podcast. I'm going to throw hear this the out. The I'm going to throw this country. out to the listener. I I, oh, I, I would okay. love to hear people's... Let's get a vote on Twitter. And I mean, I'm sure most people would say Brady, but I think if you're, if you're taking all things considered, 
And again, I think that as important as the quarterback position is, especially today, and not to mention, we haven't even mentioned the rules of the game and how it's changed to benefit the quarterback and to benefit the offense. Marino played during a time when the defense was allowed to get away with bloody murder, and he still dominated defenses day in and day out. Brady was able to grow up in the NFL where (laughs) he could get away with anything. Nobody could touch him for crying out loud, both because of the rules and his offensive line. Again, not to say Brady's not great. He's great. But, again, if I'm choosing a quarterback, and you watch if you watch the America's Game, I love to plug these series because they're just so good. Uh, you watch the America's Game documentary on Dan Marino, and they got Troy Aikman, another one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game, talking, and, he's, and he says that exact thing. He says, if you go to any general manager and ask them what quarterback, if they had a their choice of any quarterback in history who they would take to lead their franchise. They'd say Tom Brady. They'd say Dead Marino is what he said. And he says anyone who says, uh, or maybe this was Brett Favre who said this. I can't remember. It was one of the two anyway. He says anyone who tells you different is lying. That's how much respect Marino has amongst his fraternity. So obviously the popular narrative is Brady seven championships equals best ever. I just don't think that that is a open shut case. I think you got to take in all those other factors. I still think he's great, but not the greatest. There you have it, folks. That's the <laughs> right. debate. Let's hear from you. All right, let's hear from the listener. Once this goes up, I want to hear your comments. What do you think? Is Brady the best ever? Is this a crazy conversation to even be having? Or yes. is there somebody better? And if so, who? Maybe you don't even agree with either one of us. Maybe you think somebody else is the best. Terry Bradshaw, maybe. Come on. Give it to us. Let Our us know. Joe Montana, who is it? Joe, uh, Joe Namath, let's go. All right. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. All right. I think we're going to have to end it on this note. We've run over, but uh, you're going to be back next week. So yeah. we can carry over some of the stuff we were going to get to this week. I want to know who the winner is in this, who uh, and what what the penalty is for the loser. Like, what sort of sentence do they get here? We got to talk about all this. All right, I'm we'll see. We'll see. see. We'll we'll take some suggestions for sure. Uh, but Alex, thank you so much, man, uh, for coming on. Uh, having you on is such a blast, and uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Pete. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Yep, this will be our last preview show next week before the season starts. Until then, take it easy.